Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Tuesday, November 7th, 2023. Lieutenant Colonel Karen Kwiatkowski joins us now. Colonel Kwiatkowski, always a pleasure. Thank you for coming back to the show. I want to spend a fair amount of time on uh, Israel, but before we do, there have been some developments in uh, Ukraine uh, that I'd like you to unpack for us Uh, over the weekend. General Vladimir Zeluzhny, the commander of the Ukraine uh, military, said that uh, the Ukraine military and the Russian military had effectively achieved a stalemate. And for that, he was publicly rebuked, reprimanded, and even denounced by his own bosses uh, in the Zelensky administration. Uh, How do you interpret that? Uh, Well, sometimes in, in this phase of military operations, the generals begin to speak the truth. And um, I think I think that uh, the, the general is closer to the soldiers and closer to the front and uh, has a good understanding of capabilities. And he's probably uh, pushing back in the only way that he can uh, against the unreasonable nature of, of the requests of the Zelensky government, because I, I think uh, Zelensky is not uh, being realistic. And I imagine that's what General Zelensky is, is feeling. Um, you know, the other interesting thing was his aide got blown up <laughs> right after this. Did you see that in the news? Say again, Zelensky. please. One of Zelensky's aides was blown yes, up. Yes, he got blown, literally blown up in a, a uh, booby-trapped birthday gift that he apparently opened in front of others. No one mm-hmm. else was harmed, but he was killed. Mm-hmm. I mean... Um, is that an inside job or or do the Russians send things through the mail to high ranking military? I never heard of that. It doesn't sound, it, I mean, I don't know for sure, but it doesn't sound like something that the Russians did. It sounds like uh, things are falling apart inside of the um, Ukrainian military and the political structure. Uh, I think there's more than one person. There's probably many, many, uh, people in leadership positions there that are trying to figure out uh, the best way to survive and uh, that they have to end, the war has to end uh, or else no one's going to survive. It's certainly not the politicians and the generals. So, um, you know, I think it's in some ways it's a good sign that we're seeing this. Of course, it was all unnecessary because the United States is the one that uh, really 
caused this thing and pushed it and pushed it and pushed it past all points of reason. So um, we are responsible for this and it's sad, but um, I think maybe, maybe this is the, the point of the, not the breaking point, but really a breaking of an impasse um, so that we can get to what comes next in Ukraine, which I hope is a peace and rebuilding, uh, you know, the, the, the Ukrainians certainly deserve that. Well, rebuilding the uh, Federal Reserve will borrow money from China and give it to American banks who will yeah. lend it to American industrialists who will rebuild Ukraine at our expense. And then the Fed will print cash to pay the interest uh, on the money that it borrowed from China. This is just crazy. It's going to go on and well, on is, and on and on. Yeah, that's true. It's sad. Um, it doesn't have to be us that rebuilds it. I mean, ideally, uh, the best way to do it is for the country to to pull itself up. I mean, it sounds harsh, but, um, you know, that's what should happen. But, yeah, you're right. It'll be a but, but to your but, but to your point, Karen, um, the Russians and the Ukrainians had the framework of an agreement until the Americans and the British said no. So it is largely primarily the fault of the uh, American government mm -hmm. that half of Ukraine, well, three quarters of its military is gone. Yes. Nearly a whole generation of young men are gone. The entire government from bus drivers to uh, physicians in government hospitals uh, are expected to be paid from cash that comes from the United States. All of this is because of the U.S. And now add to this, President Zelensky said uh, yesterday he doesn't see the need for elections in 2024. Karen, will he even be alive and in Ukraine in 2024? I don't think he'll be in Ukraine. Um, I, I don't wish him ill, but uh, I don't think he'll be in Ukraine. And if he is in Ukraine, he might be under the ground. Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, you know, this is kind of the end. Um, and it is sad to think about the agreement that they had that was very workable is very similar to what they're going to end up with today. But um, meanwhile, they destroyed their country, lost half their population to, to, you know, uh, leaving the country, refugees, uh, death, destruction. And we've even polluted, we've helped with our American, uh, you know, uh, uranium plated weapons and bomblets, you know, we helped pollute the country. Um, it's really a tragedy. And I, I wish that we would learn the right lessons from it. But I, I remember uh, Henry Kissinger, your your friend and colleague Matt Ho is fond of uh, quoting this. The only thing worse than being Americans, more dangerous than being America's enemy, is being America's friend or ally. I guess he could have said America's vassal state, like yeah. South Vietnam uh, or <laughs> um, uh, Iraq for a while, uh, and now uh, Ukraine. Um, then the, the uh, NBC News reports that over the weekend there was apparently a lot of chatter amongst American uh, and Western European diplomats about the need for a negotiated settlement. Some of that chatter must have made its way to President Zelensky. Mm -hmm. uh, you and I and others have seen and, and read and talked about the article in Time magazine, which is a firsthand article. And this article is written by a reporter that accompanied Zelensky and his crew around for a week. Uh, which reports that President Zelensky is delusional and his staff knows it. So 
how do you think he reacted when the his his masters in London and Berlin and Washington start dropping hints about a negotiated settlement that you could have had two years ago if we had stayed out of it? Sure, sure. Well, you know, obviously he he doesn't want that in his in the world that he lives in. It it, it is a uh, it, it reduces his credibility immensely. Obviously, that uh, you know the whole world, well, mainly the whole world, has already seen him as a U.S. puppet uh, with us pulling the strings. And of course, the puppet is the puppet master is done. Uh, he's the game is over. The show is over. And um, yeah, Zelensky is uh, in a he's in a terrible position. Um, it's not, you know, he's brought it on himself in many ways, but uh, yeah, he's he, he's done for. But again, as an American with a president like Biden that's running our country, it's very difficult for me to to uh, criticize the leadership of other countries. Yeah, yes, understood, understood. Uh, do you think it is now well recognized even amongst the Victoria Newlands and Lindsey Grahams of the world and of the American government uh, that the war is over? that Ukraine is lost, that it's been a disaster and a waste. Yeah. Um, I think they realize it's been a disaster, and I don't know if they admit that it's lost, but um, if you think about these folks, they depend on this current um, administration to maintain them in power, and that administration is not polling very well, and it's going to be changed out next year. So I think... uh, uh, the neocons are very uh, practical about this. You know, they're never going to say they're sorry. They're never going to admit it was a mistake. They're going to move on. And I think they're in that move on mode right now uh, for, for both domestic political reasons and the fact that this has been a disaster, a strategic and tactical disaster from day one. Switching uh, gears, uh, do you believe that uh, President Biden is serious when he says he's in favor of a two-state solution between uh, the Israelis uh, and the Palestinian people? Um, In his mind, he probably is, because for 20 years we've been talking about this, and he's been talking about it. Um, He's not serious because no one, not a single politician in in America is serious about that, and neither are any Israeli politicians serious about it. They don't want that. What they want is what they're currently um, proceeding uh, and and accomplishing. And um, no, they don't want a two-state. They want Palestinians gone. Um, and they don't care if they're in their own state, but um, it'll be far, far from Israel's borders. Um, and ideally, you know, a non-entity. They, they don't, this is, the two-state solution is a, it's just public relations. And it's sad because I think many in the State Department uh, honestly invested years of their lives and um, and their talents to try to bring it forward. But um, the powers that be, in this country and in Israel um, are not interested in that, and they never have been. And then we're waking up to the fact that that is, a, that is just empty words. Um, actions always speak louder than words, and, and what we're seeing is, uh, is the actions that I think uh, a good many Israelis uh, want, even though I think many of them realize the risk that they're, that they're uh, entering into. But they want Israel, they want, they want Palestinians gone. I mean, they don't care where they go. They could be dead. They could be in the water. They could be in the desert. They don't care. They want them out of what they consider to be Israel. So if Tony Blinken couldn't talk Benjamin Netanyahu into a brief humanitarian pause, we used to call it a ceasefire, now (laughs) a humanitarian pause, in order to bring food and water and medical supplies in, 
how how the hell is he going to talk him into a two-state solution? It would be impossible. It, it would put they'd have to have a gun to his head, metaphorically speaking, yeah, uh, yeah. to uh, to get them to agree to a two-state solution. Which makes me ask you the next question: Do you think Hamas intended for this overreaction in order to galvanize? Uh, Arab support, either military support or political uh, support for the two-state uh, solution. I mean, we we both heard, you and I both heard what President Erdogan said to a million and a half people. Uh, McGovern and Ritter tell me that the um, Turkish army is the second best in the world after only the United States, and it's well-trained, and it's right there. Do you think that the um, Hamas people um, monsters, though some of them have been, uh, intended to evoke a military response against Israel. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Um, I, I, think you can, I think you can say that they did. Um, and I think that they are extremely savvy uh, in terms of how uh, international opinion has, uh, is being shaped and has changed over, over the past 20 years or so. Um, so certainly they expected an overreaction. They wanted an overreaction by Israel. Um, I think they hoped for the international reaction, but I, I, I don't know if they orchestrated it, but certainly what's, what's happening and, and most of what's going on in the world, we only see it from the American side, but we are viewed I don't want to sound like Trump here, but we're viewed as weak or weakening in many ways uh, around the world. So when do you strike your enemy? When do you um, overextend your enemy? I mean, certainly this is now's the time. Now's the time to do it. And I also think, too, for groups like Hamas or any longstanding uh, group that's trying to liberate people from occupation or anything, whether they're terrorists or even just freedom fighters. You know, we, we have our own freedom fighters, of course, that do much the same thing. There comes a time when um, life is cheap and it's like, this is our time. And I think there was a little bit of that attitude in there. But um, predicting the future is a very dangerous situation because of what you say about the Turkish army and also global opinion and also the fact that we can't buy our way out of this. America's right. money is no good. Uh, in a lot of places, so um, it's it's a uh, it's a pretty iffy, it's a pretty dangerous situation that we have. One of the members of Prime Minister Netanyahu's cabinet, one of the uh, extreme uh, right wing people, suggested using nuclear weapons 
uh, on Gaza to rid the Palestinian problem once and for all. Wow. Okay, that's somebody in the government of Israel for the first time admitting publicly that they have nuclear weapons. Theoretically, that should trigger an American uh, statute, a federal statute, that prohibits any military aid to any country that has nuclear weapons other than the approved ones that had them before the statute uh, was enacted, Great Britain, Russia, China. Um, what do you make of that? Uh, Netanyahu was furious at this and said we would never do it. You can't say we don't have nuclear weapons because then he opens up a can of worms because too many people, American, Israeli, Western, and Middle Eastern, know that they have them because they've worked on them. No, it's it's true. Um, uh, and again, this is kind of the overreaction that I think Hamas may have been hoping for, because a discussion now, an open discussion and an open admission of these nuclear weapons out of bounds of any treaties, uh, not inspected by any international inspection agencies, um, not controlled, not even known, but they've admitted it. So yeah, it puts them in the bed. This is but this is the. You know, you get a rage response. And I think much of what uh, uh, Israel's government and, and many around the world who are on the side of Israel, it, they're enraged. And when you're enraged, you're not being rational and logical. So uh, blurting out information like this uh, changes the dynamic greatly because uh, it certainly it'll make the United States look like hypocrites. But many, many uh, other members of the global, you know, the nations of the UN and that kind of thing are very familiar the technocratic and legal procedures that go along with this so it's not just like uh oh, we're gonna we're gonna let this one pass there's a whole planet out there that are not gonna let this pass and uh, now that it's blurted out there one more problem for israel and certainly a problem for the united states as well how can the how can the united states supposedly committed to the rule of law signatory uh to treaties that require it as is israel for that matter uh, accept and defend the concept of collective punishment. Yeah, well, we can't. We can't do it without um, being hypocrites and liars and proving, <laughs> incidentally, proving Putin and uh, uh, Xi Jinping correct in saying that the United States basically picks and chooses the rules of law that, they, that it will enforce and comply with. So uh, we're proving our enemies' points, if you want to call them enemies, um, we're proving their points by our behavior. We're really getting boxed in diplomatically and politically. And unfortunately, we're getting boxed in militarily too as well. So that's why I think it's um, it's a dangerous time. I, I don't know what the solution is going to be. Um, the true, I think masks are coming off and we're seeing the, the true faces of, of both our nation and some of these others. What do you think um, Joe Biden's end game is here? Is it the domestic politics and hoping to get uh, reelected? Uh, is it, it, it's not the two-state solution for the reasons we just talked about. There's not enough of a groundswell uh, for it. What do you think his end game is? That is a really good question. Um, I, I don't think Biden, I think Biden just wants to survive one more day. I, I don't really, he's not being very strategic in anything that he does. Um, it seems like from his last public uh, speech that he gave a few weeks ago that um, he wants to be remembered as a wartime president uh, in a positive way, not a world ending way. So there's that. The question is the people around him, what did they want? 
because um, his staff, the neocons that surround him, his his uh, chief appointees in the CIA, State Department, Pentagon, these people, uh, they're going to get new leadership next year. They don't know who it's going to be. It's probably not going to be Joe Biden or, or Kamala Harris. So there is a sense of unease. Um, the strategy for these guys is really a four-year strategy, president to president. I think time is... Uh, and, and this is another thing that makes it dangerous. Time is, is uh, ticking away. Um, they're going to lose power politically at home. They're already deeply, deeply unpopular. Um, what will they do? I mean, I'm, honestly, I, I, I'm not sure they won't take the advice of uh, uh, their friend in Ukraine and suspend elections, you know, because we no. have a nuclear war going on. What is the value of uh, Secretary Blinken's uh, diplomacy? He oh spent goodness. four days and seems to have achieved nothing. Now, listen, you both we both know the way diplomacy works. They don't always announce immediately what they've agreed to, but the King of Jordan wouldn't see him. Bibi uh, Netanyahu uh, rebuffed him. Um, I don't know what he said to uh, President Abbas of the uh, Palestinian Authority, but uh, it seems to me that these guys uh, are not successful diplomats. No, I, it, they're, all, they're real jokes of diplomats. And in fact, the latest uh, funny thing is uh, from Blinken is, uh, well, I, I had several things that I that I told, uh, uh, you know, Prime Minister Netanyahu. And one of them was maybe he could drop smaller bombs on, on, on uh, Gaza. Smaller bombs. That was his uh, State Department advice. So uh, that's a sign of somebody that has nothing. Uh, Did somebody his, actually uh, say that in public, Karen? Blinken. Blinken was quoted saying that he had several things he asked him to do. Perhaps we can, perhaps we can use some, um, you know, smaller weapons. You know, and not bunker busters. You know, I mean, he didn't say not bunker busters. He said smaller well, weapons. They, smaller they dropped, uh, they dropped six two thousand pound bombs, which are pretty big. You know this better than I. You're an Air Force veteran, uh, on a refugee camp to kill one Hamas guy. Right. This is. Uh, in violation of uh, proportionality and, and other uh, <laughs> historical rules of war. If there are rules of war, they're certainly in violation of it. Um, but yeah, we don't have any credibility uh, over there, I don't think, in any of the countries. And we certainly have no influence over uh, Netanyahu's government or any Israeli government. And from an Israeli perspective, that's a good thing. You don't want to be controlled by another country. But from an American perspective, given the billions and billions and billions of dollars spent both in D.C. and given to Israel, you would expect that we would have influence. And we have none. That has been, uh, as uh, one of our senators, that's a, a very poor investment. Today, or actually, I guess it was yesterday, last night, President, uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu told uh, ABC News that he expects that um, the Israelis will stay in Gaza more or less permanently and will provide security. Stated differently, they'll become prison guards. How dangerous is that? They're going to confront guerrilla warfare for as long as they're there. Well, I think they think they're going to kill and remove all of the Palestinians. And then uh, their front guard will then be the settlers that will return to Gaza as they had been uh, some years ago before they were removed. Uh, and they'll, the illegal settlements will now be uh, more fully protected and authorized by uh, the, you know, the Israeli government. 
and they'll continue to do what they do best, which is to uh, do, do what they're doing in the West Bank. So that that process, while it seems very unfair and, and uh, non-constitutional from an American perspective, that is what has worked for Israel. They've taken land, they've seized land, they've held land, they've removed uh, the native population, they've populated it with Israelis, um, and not Arab Israelis, they've populated it with Jewish Israelis, and that process is going to continue apace. I think that is pretty much what Netanyahu is saying, and um, this certainly does buy him support amongst the right. Uh, so we, we, you know, they say his days are numbered. Well, um, he will use this as a political uh, selling point. He will say, "I, uh, I had our we had our vengeance on Hamas, and we took back Gaza where it should have always been ours. Now it, it is ours, and we will populate it with armed settlers with army." Uh, accompaniments and, and this is what they'll do. And again, it's very harsh. Um, seems inhumane in many ways. It seems wrong in many ways. It's theft, it's murder, but that's what states do. And the state of Israel is doing what any state will do when it's out of control. Um, and it is out of control. It's certainly not in our control. It's certainly not controlled by um, by America, by American politicians. Blinken got a good taste of that uh, just recently. I suppose if uh, if Joe Biden and Tony Blinken really uh, wanted the uh, collective punishment to stop, they would stop the flow of cash until the collective punishment stops, but they're not going to do yeah. that. Cash and weaponry, because we're shipping weaponry and bombs and uh, many of the things that they use on the Palestinians are made in America, has has been that way for, for decades. Oh, the so, uh, uh, New York Times reported yesterday that the uh, Israeli government has asked for and the State Department has approved uh, the shipping of 24,000 uh, weapons to be given to settlers in the West Bank that are illegal to own in the United States. Oh, Machine gun. Machine guns. Automatic <laughs> rifles. One trigger pull. A fusillade. Every, every round in, in the uh, chamber not in the chamber, in the magazine, comes out. Illegal to wow. own the military, military. In, in the hands of civilian settlers uh, yes. in the West Bank, made in the U.S., paid for by the U.S. taxpayer. Yeah, so so clearly, clearly Blinken doesn't mean a single word that he says because the actions are just as you have described. Um, and that's what, that's what the truth is. Your actions are the truth. And so... Uh, yeah, I think uh, if we're going to behave like this, we have for many decades and we're doing it now, then Americans themselves need to be very careful because we are uh, have made ourselves the enemy of a great many people around the world. Um, not just because we're hypocrites and we're abusive, but we're actually assisting uh, in the murder of uh, people that, that our friends don't like. Lieutenant Colonel Karen Kwiatkowski, thank you, my dear friend. No matter what we talk about, it's always a pleasure to have these conversations with you. Okay, well, thank you. To, thank you. We look forward to next week. All the best. Great. Thank you. 4.30 uh, Eastern this afternoon, the one, the only, Scott Ritter, Judge Napolitano, for Judging Freedom.